We're continuing with our reading of Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. We're taking up at chapter number 21, The Gopis Attracted by the Flute. With the arrival of the beautiful autumn season, the waters and the lakes and rivers become as clear as crystal and filled with fragrant lotus flowers, and breezes blew very pleasantly. At that time, Krishna entered the forest of Vrindavan with the cows and cowherd boys. Krishna was very much, was very much pleased with the atmosphere of the forest, where flowers bloomed and bees and drones hummed very jubilantly while the birds, trees, and plants were all looking happy. Krishna, tending the cows and accompanied by Sri Balaram and the coward boys, began to vibrate his transcendental flute. After hearing the vibration of the flute of Krishna, the gopis of Vrindavana remembered him and began to talk amongst themselves about how nicely Krishna was playing his flute. When the gopis were describing the sweet vibration of Krishna's flute, they also remembered their pastimes with him. Thus their minds became disturbed and they were unable to describe completely the beautiful vibration. While discussing the transcendental vibration, they remembered also how Krishna dressed, decorated with a peacock feather on his head, just like a dancing actor, and with blue flowers pushed over his ear. His garment glowed yellow gold and he was garlanded with a Vaijayanti necklace. Dressed in such an attractive way, Krishna filled up the holes of his flute with the nectar emanating from his lips. So they remembered him, entering the forest of Vrindavan, which is always glorified by the footprints of Krishna and his companions. Krishna was very expert in playing the flute, and the gopis were captivated by the sound vibration, which was attractive not only to them, but to all living creatures who heard it. One of the gopis told her friends, the highest perfection of the eyes is to see Krishna and Balaram entering the forest and playing their flutes and tending the cows with their friends. Persons who are constantly engaged in the transcendental meditation of seeing Krishna internally and externally by thinking of playing the flute, entering the Vrindavan forest, and tending the cows with the cowherd boys have all have really attained the perfection of samadhi. Samadhi, trance, means absorption of all the activities of the senses in a particular object, and the gopis indicate that the pastimes of Krishna are the perfection of all meditation and samadhi. It is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita that anyone who is always absorbed in the thought of Krishna is the topmost of all yogis. Another gopi expressed her opinion that Krishna and Balaram, while tending the cows with the coward boys, appeared just like actors going to play on a dramatic stage. Krishna was dressed in glowing garments of yellow, Balaram in blue, and they held new twigs of mango tree 
peacock feathers and bunches of flowers in their hands. Dressed with garlands of lotus flowers, they were sometimes singing very sweetly among their friends. One gopi told her friends, How is it? Krishna and Balaram are looking so beautiful. Another gopi said, My dear friends, we cannot even think of his bamboo flute. What sort of pious activities did it execute so that it is now enjoying the nectar of the lips of Krishna, which is actually the property of us gopis? Krishna sometimes kisses the gopis. Therefore, the transcendental nectar of his lips is available only to them. So the gopis ask, how is it possible that the flute, which is nothing but a bamboo rod, is always engaged in enjoying the nectar from Krishna's lips? Because the flute is engaged in the service of the Supreme Lord, the mother and father of the flute must be very happy. The lakes and rivers are considered to be the mothers of the trees because the trees live simply by drinking water. So the waters of the lakes and rivers of Vrindavan were in a happy mood, full of blooming lotus flowers, because the waters were thinking, how is it that our son, the bamboo rod, is enjoying the nectar of Krishna's lips? The bamboo trees standing by the banks of the rivers and the lakes were also happy to see their descendants so engaged in the service of the Lord, just as persons who are advanced in transcendental knowledge take pleasure in seeing their descendants engage in the service of the Lord. The trees were overwhelmed with joy and were incessantly yielding honey, which flowed from the beehives hanging on their branches. Another gopi spoke thus to her friends about Krishna. Dear friend, our Vrindavan is proclaiming the glories of this entire earth because this planet is glorified by the lotus footprints of the son of Devaki. Besides that, when Govinda plays his flute, the peacocks immediately become mad as if they had heard the rumbling of a new cloud. When all the animals and trees and plants, either on the top of Govardhan Hill in the valley, see the dancing of the... Besides that, when Govinda plays his flute, the peacocks immediately become mad, as if they had heard the rumbling of a new cloud. When all the animals and trees and plants either on the top of Govardhan Hill or in the valley, see the dancing of the peacocks. They all stand still and listen to the transcendental sound of the flute with great attention. We think that this boon is not possible or available on any other planet. Although the gopis were village cowherd women and girls, they had extensive Vedic knowledge. Such is the effect of Vedic civilization. People in general would learn the highest truths of the Vedas simply by hearing from authoritative sources. Another gopi said, My dear friends, just see the deer. Although they are dumb animals, they have approached the son of Maharaj Nanda, Krishna. Not only are they attracted by the dress of Krishna and Balaram, but as soon as they hear the playing of the flute, the deer, along with their husbands, offer respectful obeisances unto the Lord by looking at him with great affection. The gopis were envious of the deer because the deer were able to offer their service to Krishna along with their husbands. The gopis thought themselves not so fortunate because whenever they wanted to go to Krishna, their husbands were not very happy. Another gopi said, 
My dear friends, Krishna is so nicely dressed that he appears to be the impetus to various kinds of ceremonies held by the women folk. Even the wives of the denizens of heaven become attracted after hearing the transcendental sound of his flute. Although they are traveling in the air in their airplanes, enjoying the company of their husbands, on hearing the sound of Krishna's flute, they immediately become perturbed. Their hair is loosened and their tight belts are slackened. This means that the transcendental sound of the flute of Krishna extended to all corners of the universe. Also, it is significant that the gopis knew about the different kinds of airplanes flying in the sky. Another gopi said to her friends, My dear friends, the cows are also charmed as soon as they hear the transcendental sound of the flute of Krishna. It sounds to them like the pouring of nectar, and they immediately spread their long ears just to catch the liquid nectar of the flute. As for the calves, they are seen with the nipples of their mothers pressed in their mouths but they cannot suck the milk. They remain struck with devotion and tears glide down from their eyes, illustrating vividly how they're embracing Krishna heart to heart. These phenomena indicate that even the cows and calves of Vrindavan knew how to cry for Krishna and embrace him heart to heart. Actually, the perfection of Krishna consciousness can be culminated in the shedding of tears from the eyes. <clears throat> Another young gopi told her mother, My dear mother, the birds who are all looking at Krishna playing on his flute are sitting very attentively on the branches and twigs of different trees. From their features, it appears that they have forgotten everything and are engaged only in hearing Krishna's flute. This proves that they are not ordinary birds. They are great sages and devotees, and just to hear Krishna's flute, they have appeared in Vrindavan forest as birds. Great sages and scholars are interested in Vedic knowledge, but the essence of Vedic knowledge is stated in the Bhagavad Gita, Vidaish Chesarvaya Aham Eva Bejaha. Through the knowledge of the Vedas, Krishna has to be understood. From the behavior of these birds, it appeared that they were great scholars in Vedic knowledge and that they took to Krishna's transcendental vibration and rejected all branches of Vedic knowledge. Even the river Yamuna, very much desiring to embrace the lotus feet of Krishna after hearing the transcendental vibration of his flute, broke her fierce waves to flow very nicely with lotus flowers in her hands just to present flowers to Mukunda with deep feeling. The scorching heat of the autumn sunshine was sometimes intolerable and therefore the clouds in the sky appeared in sympathy above Krishna and Balaram and their boyfriends while they engaged in blowing their flutes. The clouds served as a soothing umbrella over their heads just to make friendship with Krishna. The aborigine girls became fully satisfied when they smeared their faces and breasts with the dust of Vrindavan, which was reddish from the touch <clears throat> which was reddish from the touch of Krishna's lotus feet. The aborigine girls had very full breasts 
and they were also very lusty. But when their lovers touched their breasts, the girls were not very much satisfied. When they came out into the midst of the forest, they saw that while Krishna was walking, some of the leaves and creepers of Vrindavan had turned reddish from the kumkum powder which fell from his lotus feet. His lotus feet are held by the gopis on their breasts which are smeared with kumkum powder. But when Krishna travels in the Vrindavan forest with Balaram and his boyfriends, the reddish powder falls on the ground. So the lusty aborigine girls looking while looking toward Krishna playing the flute, saw the reddish kumkum on the ground and immediately took it and smeared it all over their faces and breasts. In this way they became fully satisfied, although they were not satisfied when their lovers touched their breasts. All material lusty desires can be immediately satisfied if one comes in contact with Krishna consciousness. Another gopi began to praise the unique position of Govardhan Hill in this way. How fortunate is this Govardhan Hill, for it is enjoying the association of Lord Krishna and Balarama, who are accustomed to walking on it. Thus Govardhan is always touched, thus Govardhan is always in touch with the lotus feet of the Lord. And because Govardhan Hill is so obliged to Lord Krishna and Balaram, it is supplying different kinds of fruits, roots and herbs, as well as very pleasing crystal water from its lakes in presentation to the Lord. The best presentation offered by Govardhan Hill, however, is newly grown grass for the cows and calves. Govardhan Hill knows how to please the Lord by pleasing his most beloved associates, the cows and the cowherd boys. Another gopi said, everything appears wonderful when Krishna and Balaram travel in the forest of Vrindavan playing their flutes and making intimate friendship with all kinds of moving and non-moving living creatures. When Krishna and Balaram play on their transcendental flutes, the moving creatures become stunned and stop their activities. And the non-moving living creatures like trees and plants begin to shiver with ecstasy. These are the wonderful reactions to the vibration of the transcendental flutes of Krishna and Balarama. Krishna and Balaram carried binding ropes on their shoulders and in their hands, just like ordinary cowherd boys. While, milk, while milking cows, cowherd boys bind the cow's hind legs with a small rope. This rope, always, this rope almost always hangs from the shoulders of the cowherd boys and it was not absent from the shoulders of Krishna and Balarama. In spite of their being the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they played exactly like cowherd boys and therefore everything became wonderful and attractive. While Krishna was engaged in tending the cows in the forest of Vrindavan or on Govardhan Hill, the gopis in the village were always absorbed in thinking of him and discussing his different pastimes. This is the perfect example of Krishna consciousness. To somehow or other 
remain always engrossed in thoughts of Krishna. The vivid example is always present in the behavior of the gopis. Therefore, Lord Chaitanya declared that no one can worship the Supreme Lord by any method which is better than the method of the gopis. The gopis were not born in very high brahmana or chatriya families. They were born in the families of Vaishyas and not in big mercantile communities, but in the families of cowherd men. They were not very well educated, although they heard all sorts of knowledge from the brahmanas, the authorities of Vedic knowledge. The gopis' only purpose was to remain always absorbed in thoughts of Krishna. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purport of the 21st chapter of Krishna, the gopis attracted by the flute. Haribo! Haribo! Well done! Well done! Well done, Krishna! Well done, Balaram! Now we'll see if we have some reflections. I like that section of the description of autumn in which the little creatures in the ponds weren't aware of the fact that their pond was being dried up by the heat of the sun. There's a way in which I can relate that to the various aspects of modern civilization that seem to be busily going along without any care in the world, developing all kinds of infrastructure, technological advancements and so forth, but they're not aware so much of the fact that even literally they're drying up the pond. Uh, the whole atmosphere of the world's changing and it's encroaching upon the lifestyles of people all over the world and they seem to not be able to care about that so much because they're so absorbed like those little creatures in the, in the water. And the other one I liked was a similar analogy, but meant for a different purpose, and that was how the farmer builds up walls around the paddy fields in order to retain the water so it can be efficiently used for the plants. And there's a um, way in which Prabhupada said that the devotees are careful to preserve their energies so that they can through their spiritual practices become stronger and not waste energy by diverting it into material pursuits. Other reflections to anything you heard? Andrew Nuge all the way in the back. How is it out there in the...
this is also from the autumn season Maharaj, uh, where it's mentioned about the moving moon, how the moon <coughs> actually moves. Um, uh, although it seems the moon is uh, you know, the moving, but due to the cloud it appears that it moves. But similarly, for one who's identified with the material energy, uh, the, you know, the, the, that person seems to be moving from one material situation to another. So in other words, what's, what's actually happening? Can you describe that, that uh, metaphor, how it works? Yeah, so basically um, somebody who's, um, what Prabhupada is, is comparing, comparing the analogy here with man, uh, with the cloud and the moon, that somebody who's moving along this uh, sort of material world from one body to another, uh, but actually it's it's like the moon because the moon is not moving. Similarly, the soul is always conscious. So, but when somebody takes to the spiritual energy uh, of the Lord, so he he's he's fixed in Krishna consciousness. But someone who's alluded towards the material energy is constantly moving from one place to another due to that mirage or illusion. Thank you very much. That's very helpful. Here's a comment from this Krishna. So when the mind goes like that, like you're talking, it's very difficult to get it there. It's like trying to cope, catch the wind. And then Krishna says, Chanchala uh, Mahabhava, he said, That's what Arjuna is saying. Yeah, Dura, 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 means difficult, and Dura means more difficult than difficult. So he's saying, in essence, to Krishna, yes, but Arjuna, it's more difficult than you think, but still is possible. And there was some anecdote at the end suggesting how one might be able to deal with that situation, which seems onerous, but proper wrote that the gopis had the method which was somehow or other to keep one mind engaged in Krishna. And that one might keep this just continuing the, the thought. To do that one might have to be inventive. It's not a specific way, but however one that one can do it. Somehow or other. And proper if you search the database, you'll find that he says this hundreds of times, the phrase somehow or other. And uh, once I had, a, I had a tape player, or maybe it was digital I like this. Although the gopis were village coward women and girls, they had extensive Vedic knowledge. Ah, uh, I thought that. Such is the effect of Vedic civilization. The people in general would learn the highest truths of the Vedas simply by hearing from authoritative sources, this really, uh, you can see how important it is to distribute Prabhupada's books because like the collateral mercy of distributing Prabhupada's books, everybody's going to get the benefit. The Vedic civilization, the people in general, everybody, learn the highest truths, the Vedas. Just uh, following that thought, Japa out in that, in the Goshala, and there was a woman out there getting the the ground prepared for the festivals, I guess. She had a huge quantity of the liquid cow dung, and she's, it's like an art. She's putting it on the ground. And there she was, spreading cow dung, and also out next to the cows. And I, I was watching her, and I was thinking, 
I wonder what is her, I was just extrapolating from her, that experience and thinking of what her life is like. She goes home, cooks a subji, has a little Govardhan Sheila or something like that. But really simple, but totally absorbed in Sadhvagun and beyond, just, just for the way she lives. Prabhu, you had a point. Last one. solution actually because ultimately unless one has that resort to take to, to the sense gratification of being Krishna then one's obligated to take up the material sense gratification and even the ganis if they think that they've taken themselves away from it there's ample evidence in the Bhagavatam that they'll be swept away again by waves of sense gratification. We can cite some of these Pramanam verses, if necessary. In the uh, in the pastime of Dhruva Maharaj, or I think it was Dhruva Maharaj, there's a, there's a section in which it's described that Krishna will fulfill all desires if you surrender to him completely, even desires you didn't know you had. Since you asked, yet pada pankachapalasa vilasya bhakta karma shrayam gratitam utkatayanti santa tadvanna rikta matayo yatayo pirudha shoto ganastamaranam bhajabhasa deva. That verse is in uh, Bhagavatam says that those who are rikta matayo, they don't have Krishna in their minds. Their minds are empty. Or they're meditating on Brahman or they're absorbed in material thought. For them, it's inevitable they'll be swept away by the waves of sense gratification. But for the devotees, they're enjoying the flavor of the uh, worship of Krishna's lotus feet and his pastimes. And they're getting a supreme pleasure from that. So they can actually maintain and then there are several other verses that say that, but we've run out of time. Go pray, Manande. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Hey, Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman. Nachari Armarman.